Once again, good evening, everybody. Give you a few seconds to find your seat as we get started with the uh, Bible study for tonight. So we're on our home stretch of guest speakers while Pastor Ross is uh, recovering from the trip, and he'll be here, uh, Lord willing, on Sunday morning to uh, pick up from where we left off. Uh, but for now, we've been having guest speakers, and it's been great. I've really been encouraged by um, the speakers that have come and shared with us, some of them external, some of them internal. And tonight, we have another internal speaker, and we have the privilege of hearing for the first time from Mr. Thomas Roscoe, our worship leader. And so let's welcome him up here as he shares with us for the Bible study tonight. So I came on staff uh, at The Rock eight months ago, and uh, we moved here from North Carolina, which I don't recommend anyone ever live there. <laughs> no, no offense if you're from there. It, it really is a beautiful place, uh, but I just I couldn't handle the heat and the humidity, and we honestly had a really tough year in North Carolina. We, we felt like we didn't really fit into the area, had a hard time adapting to the culture there. So... I just want to say how truly refreshing it is to be here with you guys because you've really you just have this incredible ability to make it feel like home. And uh, we've really felt welcomed and we really just love you guys. So thank you for being so welcoming. We love you too. <laughs> so a few weeks ago, we're sitting in staff meeting and we're trying to schedule guest speakers for the weeks of the Israel trip. And uh, I was surprised and honored when Pastor Ross asked me if I'd like to share my testimony with you guys. So even though Pastor Ross isn't here tonight, uh, I'd just like to take a second to thank him for this opportunity, uh, which is what a privilege. Uh, and can I also say um, how blessed we are to have a pastor like Pastor Ross? He's so incredible. I know I've learned so much under his teaching, and I've grown so much under his leadership, and it's just it's such a blessing to be able to work with such a godly man. But I told Pastor Ross, uh, I, don't, I don't have a long, elaborate testimony, and I was a little worried that my message might be too short. Uh, but he told me that you guys really like it when guest speakers go short. <laughs> so tonight, uh, my goal is to be the shortest guest speaker The Rock has ever had. So uh, let's see, it's been five minutes? All right, let's close in prayer. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, in fact, actually, let's open in prayer and just ask the Lord for his blessing over this time. Uh, Father, we look to you tonight. I just thank you for uh, this opportunity. God, we ask that you would speak to us tonight as we turn to Psalm 139. God, I pray that you would take uh, perhaps what might be a, a familiar passage and that you would speak new things to us. God, we ask your blessing. We love you and we're excited about what you have to say to us tonight. In your name we pray, amen. So as I mentioned, we'll be uh, looking at Psalm 139 tonight. So as you're turning there, I'd like to share a story with you. I've been married for almost three years now, and my wife is great. She's awesome. She's my best friend. She's such a blessing in my life. Uh, one of the things that I learned about my wife 
in our first year of marriage is that she likes to lose stuff. Well, she, I don't know if she likes to lose stuff, but she does. She loses stuff. She loses her phone or keys or her wallet at least w- once a day, probably. Uh, there was one time when we were living in North Carolina, and we were headed to meet some friends for dinner. And as we're getting in the car with our uh, wallet, keys, jackets, our hands are full, Brittany set her phone on top of the car. And we got in the car, and we took off, and we went to dinner. Well, after we got to the restaurant, we realized what had happened. And I'm thinking, we got to go look for this right now. And they're like, we're really hungry. Let's just eat, and we'll go look later. That drove me just a little bit crazy. (laughs) Uh, It was a long dinner. Well, it felt like a long dinner. So after dinner, we go back to the neighborhood, and uh, we take flashlights out. We start searching the streets up and down. And we looked for a couple hours, and we gave up on looking. And so we get in the car, and as we're headed home, Brittany jokingly says, I bet my phone is in the middle of the busiest intersection right now, completely unharmed. And as she said that, I really felt God speak to me. He showed me this crystal clear picture of Buck Jones and Walnut Street. And it's the intersection that you stop at as you're getting on and off of the freeway. So without telling Brittany where I was going or what I was doing, I looked at her and I said, I know where your phone is. And she kind of gives me this look like, okay, then why did we just spend the last two hours looking for it? (laughs) So we made our way to this intersection that I had just seen so clearly. And sure enough, I found the phone lying there on the side of the road, completely unharmed, And as I picked the phone up and I held it in my hand, just in complete awe, the Lord spoke to me and he said, this represents your life. You might feel like you're in the middle of the fiercest storm being tossed from side to side, but I am with you. I know you. I am preparing you and protecting you and will surround you as I lead you. Now, remember I mentioned earlier that we had a really difficult time in North Carolina. So those words meant so much to me. And in that moment, I felt how deeply God knew me, how much he loved me, and how present he was in my life. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about tonight as we dive into our text, Psalm 139, uh, verses 1 through 10. Psalm 139 was written by David, who's one of my favorite biblical characters, uh, because he's such a relatable and ordinary person, but he lived an extraordinary life. And I just imagine David contemplating life as he writes this psalm, just kind of asking some of the big questions, like, God, where are you? Where are you leading me? What are you doing in my life? And so you'll see what I mean as we take a look. So we begin in verse 1. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. 
As Pastor Ross likes to say, our text divides nicely into three parts. And uh, that's exactly what we're going to do tonight. So uh, for you note takers, the first point will be uh, God knows us. The second point will be God prepares us. And the third and final point will be God leads us. So let's take a look at our first point, point number one, God knows us. And we're going to look at verses uh, one through four. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. Now, we know that this can't be more true for David because God himself called David a man after God's own heart. And that's exactly what he's talking about. He's saying the Lord knows every inch of his heart inside and out. He's recognizing that God has a deeper knowledge of his heart than even he does. And the same is true for us. God knows us better than our friends better than our parents, better than our siblings, our spouses, and even better than we know ourselves. Now, this might scare some people, but David finds comfort in having such a close relationship with the Lord. Just like having a close friend that truly knows you is more of a blessing than something to be scared of. You know, Pastor Bobby, uh, if you were here on Sunday, you heard him talk about biblical friendship, and I'm blessed to have a few of those friends in my life. Friends that no matter what I tell them or how bad I mess up, uh, they continue to love me and point me towards Christ. And that is such a great and comforting feeling, and I'm sure you can relate to that if you have some of those biblical friends. Now, we as Christians, we can find the same comfort in knowing that even though God knows our hearts completely, he still loves us and continues to pursue us. So in verse 1, we see that God knows our hearts. Continue with verse 2. You know when I sit and when I rise. God knows even when we do mundane things like sitting down or standing up or what spends like an eternity waiting in line at Costco. <laughs> we continue. You perceive my thoughts from afar. He knows our thoughts before they're even formed in our heads. Now, I don't know about you, but that scares me a little bit because uh, sometimes I find my mind full of sinful thoughts, and I just have to stop and say, uh, God, I need you to take over. I need you to just cleanse my mind right now. So I turn on some worship music, uh, spend a few minutes in prayer, and just really give everything to the Lord. So in verse 2, we see that God knows our thoughts. We'll continue with verse 3. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. God knows everything that we do. He knows our habits, good and bad. He knows when we wake up in the morning, when we go to sleep at night. There's literally nothing that we do that God doesn't see. In pre-marriage counseling, uh, we're required to take personality tests. I'm sure some of you have taken personality tests before. Uh, and I love them. I, they're so interesting. You learn so much about, well, not just yourself, but you learn so much about uh, the other person. You learn their likes, their dislikes, uh, their personality traits, hence the name personality test. Uh, you, you learn their love languages. That was something that we learned that I thought was really interesting. But I say all that to say God doesn't need to give us a personality test because he already knows everything there is to know about us. From basic everyday tasks like brushing our teeth, to sitting in traffic, to the day we get married, the day we have children. 
God knows everything that we do. And in verse three, that's what we see. We see that God knows our actions. Verse four, before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Sometimes when you know someone really well, uh, you can finish each other's... Most people said sandwiches. That's actually really impressive. It's, it's from a movie. That's what I was going to say, so you guys got it. Uh, but God really takes uh, that concept to a whole new level. God knows our words before they're even on our tongues. God knows our words before we even think about saying them. Now, I just want to take a second to talk about our words. Uh, I know this guy, and he got saved, but he never stopped using foul language. And I shared Ephesians 4.29 with him. I said, hey, man, the Bible says, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. And he would say something like, well, uh, I stopped drinking, so... I've changed. And that's great, but we can't honestly think that God sees what we do, but he doesn't hear what we say. We clearly see in verse four that God knows our words. So God knows us. What, is, what does that mean for us? Well, when we think about all of the ways that God knows us so closely, we should be challenged and inspired to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. I know I want my heart to be found pure before the Lord. I want my words to be honoring to God. I want my thoughts to be sinless and my actions to be glorifying to God. And this should really be the prayer of our hearts every single day. God knows everything about us. He even knows our secrets, despite how sometimes maybe we feel like we can hide one or two of them in uh, the corners of our hearts. But the reality is we can't hide anything from God because he knows us and he knows us completely. So just to sum up point one, we see that God knows us. He knows our hearts, our thoughts, our actions. And as we just looked at in verse four, he knows our words. So that leads us to point number two, God prepares us. And we'll look at verses five and six for this point. I got saved when I was six years old uh, at a vacation Bible school. And I remember hearing the gospel, comprehending it, and just knowing that I needed Jesus in my life. And God began to work in my life and prepare me for my future right away. Uh, shortly after I got saved, I was sitting in a Sunday night service. And during worship, God gave me a vision of myself leading worship. At six years old, God was already calling me and preparing me for the plan that he had for my life. Now, after that service, I didn't run and tell anybody because I didn't quite understand what I had seen, uh, but I did go grab my three best friends, and I said, guys, we are going to start a band. <laughs> and I assigned them all instruments to play. You're going to play this, you're going to play this, you're going to play this. And our band name, and it's, I, I remember this clear as day, our band name is going to be, wait for it, Power Source. <laughs> because God is our power source. Now, despite my uh, ambitious aspirations to be a six-year-old rock star, uh, 
The band Power Source never really ended up doing anything. Surprise, surprise. But it did inspire me to start saving up for my first drum set, which ended up playing a huge part in my story, uh, which we're going to hear more about shortly. But I tell you that story because it's amazing to look back on my life and to see how well God knew me, even as a child. Uh, from the start of my walk with him, he began to prepare me. Let's take a look at verse 5. You hem me in behind and before. So God, he goes before us. He knows everything that we've been through, everything that we'll go through, and he's shaping us through it all. You lay your hand upon me. Now, David's talking about not only God's hand of blessing in his life, but also his hand of protection. God protected David when he wrestled the lion and the bear, when he faced Goliath, and when he ruled as king. And really throughout his entire life, even when David was at his worst, we see that God never left him. I have a friend that I grew up with, and right before my 20th birthday, we got together and we were catching up, and we went for a walk. We were only a couple blocks away from my house, and uh, three guys on bikes, they pulled up, they surrounded us, uh, they pulled out knives, and they robbed us. And it was a, it was a pretty traumatic experience, but... God protected me. And just like God's hand was on David, his hand was on me. And just like God's hand was on me, his hand is on you. Protecting you, blessing you, and looking after you. Now, was going through a, a mugging a particularly fun experience? Uh, no, of course not. And I'm sure David would tell you that wrestling a lion probably wasn't very fun either. But God uses these difficult experiences that we go through to prepare us for where he's leading us. Yeah, I went through something pretty crazy. But even in the midst of it, I had peace and I knew that God was with me and that his hand was on me. And now I'm able to look back at all the times that God has protected me and see that God was preparing me for the difficult trials that I would face in the future. In fact, we all just faced something pretty difficult together back in October when the fire struck. And as most of you know, uh, my wife and I, we woke up to our building on fire and we lost everything. And I'll be honest, it's been, uh, it's been a really difficult experience to go through. But when I look back at the mugging and all of the other times that God's protected me, I can see how he's used them to prepare me for his purpose. And because I went through something so traumatic and I saw the peace that God could give, I'm still able to have that same peace now, even in the midst of going through something difficult. So in verse 5, we see that God prepares us for his purpose. Verse 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for me too lofty for me to attain. Now, David gets it. He's, he's saying he knows, he realizes God's ways are way beyond what he can understand. And as Pastor Ross likes to say, there's some sort of uh, spiritual trigonometry that goes on that 
we just we won't be able to understand until we get to heaven. So David is saying, God knows me inside and out. He goes before me. He surrounds me. His hand is upon me. And I know that he's with me wherever I go. And because David knows these characteristics of God, it's easier for him to surrender to God's will and say, it doesn't matter where, what, or why I go through the things that I do because I know that God's working all things together for my good. And he's preparing me for wherever he might lead me. I mentioned earlier that uh, when I was six years old and power source failed, I started to save for my own drum set. Well, at the age of 12, six years later, it's a lot of Coke cans, a lot of recycling. <laughs> I had finally saved enough money to buy my own drum set. And over that six-year period of saving every single penny for this drum set, I began beating on anything and everything, practicing on my lap, my desk, the dining room table. My parents didn't like that very much. Anything that would make a sound when you hit it. So naturally, I thought, when I finally got the drum set, I thought I was already a pro. I, I, I know what I'm doing. I practice all the time. So what did I do? I tried out for the worship team. Thinking I had it in the bag, I thought, man, this is going to be a piece of cake. <laughs> At 12 years old, I tried out, and uh, guess what the worship leader said? He said, <laughs> he said, thanks for wasting my time. A 12-year-old kid. Talk about crushed. <laughs> I, see, I, I really didn't understand the rejection. I was trying to follow God's call on my life, and I was getting rejected. So what did I do? I got drum lessons. I started playing drums 24-7. And let me tell you, my neighbors really didn't like me. <laughs> But after a while, I practiced. I played in as many bands as I could. And uh, the worship leader heard me playing one day, and he came up to me, and he said, Dude, where have you been? You are our new drummer. I told you, come back when you learned how to play drums. You know how to play drums. All right. So I joined the worship team. I played drums on that worship team every Sunday until I was 17 years old. And the church went through some changes and found themselves needing a worship leader. And that's when I picked up the guitar and I started leading worship and started writing songs. But I tell you that because I didn't understand how rejection could possibly be a part of God's plan for my life. But in fact, it was exactly what I needed. Although it was difficult to go through, God used it to prepare me for the promise that he had made me. So maybe you've gone through something difficult in the past, or maybe you're in the middle of something difficult right now. I just want to encourage you to give it to the Lord. Stop trying to figure out why it happened, and remember that God knows you and he's preparing you. When we surrender to God, he gives us strength and peace, just like we talked about uh, David having peace and being known by God we can have that same peace when we surrender our lives completely to him. So in verses five and six, we see that God prepares us for his purposes and he prepares us for his promises. So let's finish up with our final point 
Point number three, which is God leads us, verses seven through 10. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. So if we're at our best or at our worst, if we're on top of the highest mountain or down in the bottom of the lowest valley, God is with us. If your life just can't get any better, well, praise the Lord. And I'm, I'm happy for you. But God's there. He's there with you. If your life is a mess and you just feel like maybe you're in this never-ending depression, well, guess what? God's there too. And that's exactly what we see in verses 7 through 8. We see that God leads us through our circumstances. Let's take a look at verses 9 and 10, and we'll see that God leads us even through our wandering. Verse 9 says, If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. The text is telling us that there's no distance that we can go no place that we can hide, and nowhere that we can run to escape the Lord. Now, these verses aren't meant to instill fear in us. In fact, they're actually meant to be an encouraging reminder that God's presence is always with us, and that he never leaves us, he never forsakes us. No matter where we go or what we go through, he's with us. I think of the story of Jonah when I read these verses, and I think of how God told Jonah, go to Nineveh, and Jonah basically says, uh, yeah, no thanks. And he gets on a boat, and he heads in the opposite direction. Well, we all know the story. A storm comes, and it's a, a pretty intense storm, and everyone on the boat is freaking out, and Jonah knows that he's the cause of the storm because he's trying to run from God. So he makes the choice to be thrown overboard, and God sends a giant fish to swallow him up and carry him where he needs to be. Now Jonah tried to run from God, and when he had turned his back on God and completely ignored him, God never left him. He's the one who sent that fish. He had to go through a pretty difficult experience but God used that difficult experience to lead him where he needed to be. And God does the same thing for us. He almost always uses the difficult experiences that we go through to lead us where we need to be. And even when we're in the midst of those difficult experiences, he's there with us. In my early 20s, I was doing everything that I could to pursue a full-time music career, which... Basically, okay, I'll be honest. I wanted to be a rock star. That's what that means. And I would do anything and everything to make that dream come true. You see, I knew that God had given me a vision of myself leading worship. I knew that that's what he had called me to do. But I thought, well, maybe God actually meant for me to be a rock star. Maybe that's what he was trying to tell me. And I thought this because... I was actually having some success in the music industry. I opened for some pretty big names and had won a couple songwriting contests. 
And because I'd won a specific contest, I was able to move to Nashville and work with some well-known producers. And things were moving forward. But something, something just still wasn't right. And after being in Nashville for a year or so, God called me out. And he said, Thomas, that's my first name. Everybody here calls me Roscoe. But God said, Thomas, you are chasing things that will bring you glory when I created you to bring me glory. Oof. Talk about convicted. And I knew exactly what I needed to do. I needed to start looking for a full-time worship position and let go of this rock star dream. But I'll be honest, that was uh, a lot easier said than done. And I still held on as tightly as I could to my selfish dreams. I went through some of the toughest storms because of that. I lost my job. I had my heart broken. I was struggling with depression. But as soon as I surrendered to God and laid my selfish dreams at his feet, he carried me right out of the storms. And he led me into my first full-time ministry position that God blessed immensely, and I am beyond thankful for. One writer says, God's relationship with man does not work in a way in which man stumbles, and then God has to drop what he's doing in order to lift him up. Rather, man stumbles so that God can lift him up. Hence, it is utterly impossible to truly diminish his glory. And that's exactly my point. It doesn't matter where we are, where we've been, which direction we're going, or what we've been through. God is with us in the middle of it all. If you're walking closely with the Lord in complete obedience, God's there, and he's blessing you, and he's leading you. If you've stumbled into a storm, God's there. He's preparing you and he's leading you through it. If your life has completely fallen apart, God's there too. Remember what verse 10 says, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Now, I don't want you to hear this and think, well, if it doesn't really matter what I do, then I'll just do whatever I want and let God work out the details later. Because that's not what I'm saying at all. C.S. Lewis puts it this way in his book, uh, The Problem of Pain. He says, For you will certainly carry out God's purpose, however you act. But it makes a difference to you whether you serve like Judas or like John. Yeah. You can try to do things your way, but I can tell you from experience, it doesn't usually work out the way that we think it will. So I just want to encourage you, if you're trying to do life on your own, your way, go in your own direction, surrender to the Lord, and you'll be amazed at the peace that he can give you. Now, Maybe you're walking with the Lord and you still feel like you're in the middle of the busiest intersection. The most intense storm, feeling overwhelmed and like you're getting tossed side to side and you found yourself wondering, 
how did I get here and what good could possibly come of this? Now, I can't answer those questions, but I can tell you that God knows you, God is preparing you, and God is leading you. He knows what you're going through. He's prepared you for it. And he's leading you through it with his right hand upon you. Even here, his hand will guide you. His right hand is holding you fast. From the beginning to the middle until the end of your life, God has been and will continue to be with you. So surrender to God's will and find peace and comfort and being known by God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can find comfort in being known by you. That no matter what we face, the trials, the storms, the difficulties, God, you never leave us. You never forsake us. God, that even maybe we have scars, maybe we've been through some difficult stuff in the past and we still don't understand why we went through it. God, we can have confidence in you and knowing that you're preparing us and that you work all things together for your good. So Father, I just pray for anybody here that may be running a million miles an hour in the wrong direction. Maybe they've got a selfish dream that they won't let go of. God, I pray that you would work in their life and that you would call them out like you called me out and that they would surrender and find peace and find hope in you. In your name we pray, amen. You have been listening to The Rock Podcast. Our regular services are held on Wednesday nights at 6.30 and Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. in Santa Rosa, California. If you would like to learn more, please visit our website at cctherock.org.